Good morning, Crossroads. I want to thank you all for being here this morning. Would you please stand up and go ahead and greet one another this morning. Say hello to your neighbors. Say hello to your friends. I want to thank you for being here this morning and joining us. If you're joining us online, I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, everyone at home and in the auditorium, would you please worship and sing with us here this morning.
Love 
Amen. You may be seated, please. We're so glad that you're here today. I want to just take a few moments and welcome everyone to Crossroads. Thanks for being here today. If this is your first or second time here, I want to invite you to stop by our Welcome Center there in the foyer today. We have a gift just to say thank you for coming. I'd like to invite everybody to look at the Connect card in front of you. In the seat back in front of you, you'll see there's a little Connect card there. And if you will just pull that Connect card, if you have a prayer request, if you have any means of communication, you say, hey, I would like a call, I'd like to, I need some help in this area, I'd like to get connected somehow, um, please take that, uh, that Connect card out and complete that. And you can put that in the offering box on the wall in the back of the auditorium or in the foyer as you leave today. But uh, we're so thankful for all that God is doing in the church. Just a few announcements here this morning. You'll notice that in your bulletin we have coming up next Sunday is Mother's Day. And that will, we're going to do our baby dedication on Mother's Day next Sunday. So if you have a baby that you would like to have dedicated, please go to the church website and you can put your information in there. And, uh, and we will have, uh, include your baby in our dedication next week. That's next Sunday here at the church on Mother's Day. And by the way, Mother's Day is always a fun time here at Crossroads. I want to encourage you, if your mom is around, if your mom is still alive, if she's in the area, invite your mother to be here next week. We're going to have a great time for Mother's Day. It's always a good time here at Crossroads. We're going to honor all the moms, and we've even got a, a special treat for you. So there'll be, we always got to sweeten the deal, if you know what I'm saying, all right? There's always something there for you, all right? So uh, I want to encourage you also coming up on, uh, on May the... 15th, we'll have our uh, Next Steps class that'll be coming up. And uh, if you're interested to know a little bit more about Crossroads, what's my next step? What do I do here at the church? I'm going to encourage you to come on out to that class. You'll hear the history, the mission, and the vision of the church, and you'll see a little bit more about, hey, how can I, how can I really get connected here? Uh, what do members do? This is, uh, and this talks about what members do in the church here. So we want to invite you to come on out and check that class out. You sign up again. Go to the church website to sign up for that, or you can stop by the Welcome Center and just let them know, hey, I'd like to sign up for the Next Steps class, and uh, we'll be certain to have you there. We, we have a, a small lunch that we provide right after church for that as well. And and then on Sunday, May the 22nd, we're going to be honoring our graduates. So if, uh, if you have a high school graduate or a college graduate, somebody that just recently graduated or will be graduating here, uh, coming up here, we'd like to honor them all on Sunday, May the 22nd. So please, again, go to the church website and include that information so that you can, uh, uh, so that your son or daughter can be included in that or that you can be included in that. Um, and we want to encourage you to be a part of that as, uh, as we love to honor our, our graduates. So uh, you'll notice in the bulletin we've got a lot going on here, this, uh, a lot going on coming up this summer. We've got our vacation Bible school dates are in there, a few movie nights. Um, God has just been so good to the church. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Thank you for your faithfulness in serving here in the church. God is moving. I know today a lot of our people, we've got a number of people I heard that are running the marathon down in Pittsburgh in the rain. God bless them, right? But uh, we have a number of our people are out there having a fun time today. Uh, but I also know that God is moving and he's doing some incredible things. And I want to say thank you for your generosity here at the church. Uh, you're generous in giving. You're generous in, in serving. God is doing some incredible things. So as, uh, as you continue to give to the Lord, I want to encourage you. There's three ways that you can give. You have the offering box on the back of the wall here in the auditorium or in the foyer. You have uh, you can give 
online or you can give through the mail. So we want to encourage you to continue to give to the Lord. I always tell people, you know, this is the greatest place to make an investment is in eternal work. Uh, Jesus said, store up for yourself, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt. So when you, when you give to the Lord, you're, you're investing in eternity. You know, I, I heard Friday was a, a terrible day for the stock market. And uh, I want you to know that, that when you invest in eternity, we don't have to worry about the stock market. Amen? We, uh, we, we have eternal dividends where the stock market can't change what God is doing. God is doing His eternal work. And I love that. I've just been reading that verse lately, and it said, it says, to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And so that's what we do. The things that God's given us, we come and we give to the Lord, and we're investing in eternity, and we're laying them up in heaven. So I want to encourage you as we continue to give uh, to the Lord. Uh, would you stand with me, and let's pray as we continue to sing and worship our great God this morning. Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and we just, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in the church. God, you've been moving in mighty ways, Lord. God, I lift up to you right now many that are hurting, Father. I, I think right now of the, the, the Turco family, Lord, on the loss of Gus Turco, who is a member of our church and came to this church for many years, Lord, uh, faithfully out there serving. And we would often see her coming up and drive up and see this elderly woman pulling the weeds for our church and just caring and loving. Uh, she did what she could for, the, for you, Lord. She invested in eternity. So, God, I thank you that now she's in your presence. And I pray for the Turco family, Lord, as they're grieving, as they're walking this journey, Lord. We, we, uh, we thank you for that, that great uh, gift that we have, the hope of eternal life. Lord, we lift up all these events that are happening to you. We thank you for the opportunities that we've just had with Easter. We thank you for the many people that are coming to know you. And as you're growing your church, Lord, you said that you will build the church. And so, Lord, we're so thankful to watch what you're doing as we stand back and we're in awe as we continue to lift you up, how that you are building your kingdom, Lord. You're bringing people unto you. So, Lord, I pray uh, for the, the events that are coming up in the near future throughout this summer. God, use all these things. Use us as a church family, Lord, to reach a community for you. God, we thank you for each gift. We thank you for each giver this morning. As, uh, as when we give, we are, we are worshiping. We're, we're, we're giving back. We're investing in eternity. And we're so thankful that uh, when we invest in your work, Lord, that the returns are eternal. God, thank you for all that you're doing, and we just ask you to continue to work in mighty ways. Lord, as we now sing this next song, I ask that you'll be honored and adored by the praise of your people. In your precious name we pray. Amen.
what you did on the cross for us, Lord God, that we are even here today, that you're allowing us to just breathe the very air that you created, Lord, all for your praise and for your glory. Help us to remember, Lord God, that what we do in our life and the circumstances that we have in our lives, whether it's good or bad, it is all for your glory, Lord God. And if we can just trust you in that, knowing that we owe our lives to you then life will be okay because we are resting in your arms. We allow you to carry us, Lord God, as we walk through this 
journey called life, Lord. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for your blood that was shed for each one of us, Lord God, that one day when we declare that you are our King and the Lord of Lords and the Lord of our lives, we will one day spend eternity in heaven with you, praising and rejoicing forever and ever. You are worthy of all of our praise, Lord God, and we welcome you into this place today. We love you, Father. Amen. areas in our life you know as uh, as you get restless with life you look and you say man there's some dead areas in my life there's some things that i need to see come back to life and as you look for transformation you say all right how can i get transformed how can this possibly happen um you know and i'm as i was thinking about transformation i was just thinking about uh just some things that that can transform you physically uh for example a lot of those things you saw on the video there there's 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 a process of transformation one of the things that can transform me is uh, the other day I was at a, at a baseball game. I went down to see my nephew play. He played at PNC Park. It was kind of cool. Ringo got to play on PNC Park Field. So this was last Saturday, and it was one of those rare occasions that it's 80 degrees in April, right? And, and I'm sitting down there, and I didn't take a hat. And I'm thinking, man, I'm just going to enjoy this game, except I forgot one thing. When I sit out in the sun like that without a hat, I, I'm transformed into a lobster. And that's what, exactly what happens to me. I came back on uh, Saturday night. I come to do the Saturday night service, and people are like, were you out in the sun all day? I'm like, how did you know? They're like, well, have you looked in the mirror? You know what I mean? I mean, I was beat red. I was, uh, so I even did something crazy. They, they were handing out these towels. They were like the terrible towels, okay? But they were for wrinkled. And, uh, and so they, I put that over my head because I didn't have one. And so a few of those pictures ended up on social media, and people asked me, what was I doing? 
Some people thought it was some religious practice. You know, what are you people doing up on the hill with towels on your head? I mean, all kind of things, right? But I just put it across that I was like, listen, because I know when I get in that proximity to that sunshine that I just, you know, everything falls apart. And I don't, see, some of you are, don't have that problem. Uh, because I don't have I don't have a natural hat, okay, and, and so it just kind of burns right through, and it's like cutting the grass too short in the summer; it just burns the roots. And I think that's what happened many years ago. I burned my roots up, right? But listen, whenever you you you, you put that on, you say, "Man, when I get into close proximity to the sun, it feels so good, doesn't it?" I mean, it's just I know in Pittsburgh we only get about twelve days a year like this. But, but we, you get so close to the sun, you can feel the rays coming. And you know that, boy, if I don't do the bright protection, I'm going to have problems with this thing. <clears throat> and, 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 and it's just like, wow, this can transform you. Your attitude. Did you ever notice when the sun's shining how your attitude is happier? Like you just, man, especially around here, you just get a little bit more happy, a little more pep in your step. Man, the sun is shining. It's not raining. I can't wait to cut the grass. I mean, all those things come out of your mouth, right? Because the, your attitude has changed. And so the sunshine can do that. And the, the, the transformation that we're looking is to go from emptiness to fullness. We're looking for transformation to go from defeat, from failure, over to victory, to faith. We want to see these things happen in our life. We want to go from being insecure, from being inferior, to being courageous and to being bold. And these are life transformations, and, and God wants to do these transformations in our life. He wants us to be these things. He wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be courageous. He wants to build fullness in our life. And you know what? As we think about it, it is, uh, this morning, it is the close proximity to the sun that is going to create the transformation. To the, not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N, the Son of God. Look here in 1 John chapter 5, verse 12. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So this is, this is the, in the passage here, he's talking about eternal life. He says, if you want to have eternal life, God has given us eternal life. The life is in His Son. And if you have the Son, you have life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So if you you know if you're just going to church and you're going through the motions and you're you're kind of just trying to come up with a religious thing to do, well, the scripture says you don't have life. When you have the son, when you have God's son Jesus, you have life. And I want to encourage you because I believe that that is not just eternal life, but I think that there's life that comes every day of your life because God has made you alive spiritually. And I've said this multiple times, that the transformation that we're looking here is not for you to become somehow a better moral person. God didn't come so that you could become a less bad person, so that bad people could become morally good. He came so that dead people could become alive. And so that's a night and day transformation whenever you now become alive and, and whenever th- this, is, this is changing your life because, man, there is a part of me that was dead and it is now alive. And so the further we get away from the proximity of the sun, the less you can feel the effect of the sun. Whenever you walk into the shade, you just step back and the, the sun, the, the rays are, are strong. You just step back a little bit. Man, you're going to have less of a life change. You know, whenever I go lay out in the sunshine, well, I don't lay out. Well, that would be a sight, wouldn't it? <laughs> 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 My wife come home from work. What are you doing? I'll just lay it out. 
<laughs> oh, my. The online crowd's having a ball with that one, aren't they? Listen, uh, whenever I go out in the sunshine, some of you, when you go out in the sunshine, you don't turn into lobsters. You turn into the most beautiful creatures ever, right? For me, the, the sunshine can do that. But I'll tell you what, whenever you know that it is the is the proximity of the sun, and the less time that you have in that, the, the, the less that the life change is going to be. The same is so true. Whenever I get into close proximity to God, the closer I am, the more I'm in His presence, the more I'm understanding Him and, and His Word and letting it transform me, that's when the life change comes. You look all throughout the Bible. The men of God were transformed all throughout the Bible. You look at Isaiah. Isaiah got close to the Lord. He went from being a depressed person to becoming a person who was courageous when he met God. Look at Moses. Moses was uh, in the wilderness experience of his life. Eighty years old, and he meets God. I mean, he'd been in the wilderness for 40 years. It's, it's like down in the dumps. He meets God, and then all of a sudden when he meets God, there's a change that takes place. He, he can now go out and lead. I mean, he told God every reason why he couldn't lead. And God says, but you're the one I'm choosing. I want you to lead. I want you to go. You're going to do this for me. And God transformed him into this great, great leader. And you see this guy that was, uh, that, that was stumbling and stuttering. And uh, he, he now goes up and he meets with God. And when he came down off the mountain meeting with God, he, they said that his face was literally transformed. Like there was literally the glory of God made a difference. And you could see it on him. And I'll tell you what, folks, that's the kind of transformation that I'm looking for in my life. I want people in our community, whenever they get around me, to know that there's something different because of, uh, not, not because I go to that church, but because he's been with God and somehow my face can even radiate it. You know, the, the problem that we have here is that we, we all tend to wander out of the light. We all tend to wander and we kind of go into our own way this morning, don't we? As a matter of fact, Isaiah says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. So we tend to, it's amazing, we're in the light, we enjoy the warmth of the light, we enjoy the warmth of the sun, of the living God, and then we kind of come out here and we kind of just drift off. And the scripture says that we have turned everyone to his own way. And so we've got this big sin problem. And so the sin problem is where, where this transformation needs to happen. And so as we look into the scriptures this morning, I want to just delve into a, a, a parable that Jesus gave. And a parable is an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning. And Jesus tells the story of a man who had a, an incredible transformation. It's a very familiar story. You've heard this story before. But as we review this story this morning, I want to just show you four steps in here of, uh, of transformation from this man's life. This is over in Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 11. Jesus had made several illustrations, several uh, parables here about the, the lost. And he says, listen, Jesus has come and he is the one who has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he came. And so as we go through this this morning, I want you to see what God does, his transforming power whenever he comes and he seeks us and he changes us. Jesus continued, verse, uh, verse 11, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now, this was, a, this was very out of character for a good Jewish family of the day. I understand the culture of the day. Like, uh, you, you wouldn't come and ask for the inheritance now while, while your dad's alive. It would be a total disgrace to the dad. 
And so he comes to the dad and he says, Dad, I want my money and I want it now. I've got a different way. I'm going to do different than what you are, but listen, I don't want to wait till you die to get my money. Give it to me now. So the dad divided the property between them. Verse 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had and he set off for a distant country and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. So he took everything that was just given to him. He had he had the instant, you know, it's like he won the lottery, right? He went out and he's got his millions or whatever, and he goes out and takes his bag of gold and he goes out and he wastes it. I mean, he blew it. It says he squandered it in wild wealth, uh, squandered his wealth in wild living. Verse 14, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So now the, the economic is changing. Uh, the, there was a recession hit, if you will. It's called a famine. And so there's, you know, money isn't going to do him any good, and he has no money anyhow. And so nobody is going to give him any money. He's, he's now come out, he spends everything, he's got a severe family, and now the need is hitting him. So he went out and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. Now again, think about the Jewish history here. Think about the Jewish people. They weren't even allowed to have a ham sandwich. They weren't even allowed to, to, to get near a pig. There was like there was no pulled pork at their picnics. Like whenever whenever they got together, this was a total unclean animal. And they said, "You cannot eat an unclean animal. You cannot even touch an unclean animal. You cannot even get close to this unclean thing." And so here he comes and he goes out. And what he's done here, that Jesus is telling us here, basically, that this guy has gone against everything his dad said. Uh, he has taken his dad's money. He's squandered it. He's lived wildly. And not only that, he's now saying, hey, forget you, dad. Forget everything you taught me about God. Forget all that good stuff that you told me. This is my way. And he goes out and he's hanging out with the pigs. And he goes out and he's feeding pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach, verse 16. He longed to fill his stomach with the very food, the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. So he's desolate. He's hungry. He's hit a bottom point here. And when he came to his senses, oh, this is my, one of my favorite verses of the Bible. I think I have about 60 favorite verses. This is one of them. Listen, when he came to his senses, that was the turning point. He came to his senses like all of a sudden he woke up and realized, what am I doing? He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, I'm starving to death. I will set out and I will go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. And this is the major point of of transformation in his life. I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. He was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him. And he kissed him. And I want you to think about, about the son. And I want you to think about the father. Because there was this, we've talked a little bit in the days, past few weeks about the shame culture, about how like, man, you just don't do this, the, the loyalty and all this. And man, for, for him to walk away from his dad and then to return, no other Jewish guy would have taken their son in at that point. 
Like it would have been a total disgrace. There would have been none of them. There would have been all kind of big ordeal. But Jesus is saying, listen, my love is so different than anything you've ever seen. You've seen the love of a father. And they understood how a Jewish father would, would organize and how he would run. And, uh, and, you know, for a man to do this, number one, it just wouldn't happen. The guy's going to go take his inheritance and go live wildly. Number two, he wouldn't come running back if he did do it. Because the, 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 the dad, number three, the dad wouldn't be coming running to his son at this point. Like, like there, there's just so much that is so far. And God is showing us his character. He's showing us how much he loves his children. He's showing us that, hey, when we come back and we come running to God, listen, for you, you think you're running to God. God's running to you. Like he saw, and think what was going on in the, in the, in the mind of the son at this point. The son's going through and he's rehashing. He's sitting there. He's eating the pods from the pig. He's just, do you think dad would really have me? Man, did I screw up. Man, I am hurting. Man, I, I've done everything that my dad was against. I can't, I got no other place to go. I wonder if, if I still make my journey back, will, will I will he even look at me? Will, will he even just take me and I'll, I'll, I'll scrub the toilets, I'll clean the floors, I'll, I'll dig ditches, I'll do whatever he wants. But right now, I am broken. This is the bottom. The, the pit has fallen out. The bottom has fallen out of my life. And in verse 21, the son says to him, Father... I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, and I love this. The father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. We're not treating him like a servant. We're treating him like a king. We're treating him like the honored guest. We're treating him really good. Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Oh, isn't that a good verse? Verse 23. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive. There it is. Jesus came to make dead people alive. Man, for this Jewish man, his son was as good as dead. But when he came running home, the dad came running to him. And when the dad came running to him, there was transformation. The dad came running to him, and all of a sudden, look what the dad says. He was dead, and now he's alive. He was lost, and now he's found. So they began to celebrate. And the celebration takes on, and I can only imagine the celebration. Imagine if this was your family and a wayward child come home. Like the, the celebration after, after the wayward one comes home. And man, you're saying, man, I, we're, we're going to do everything. We're going to make this happy. This is a, the greatest day of our life because we thought he was gone. We thought we would never see him again. Well, he, he had shook his fist at us and now he's come home. Well, as I look through there this morning, I see just four thoughts here that I want to give to you about transformation. Because as you look at this, there's some powerful things. And the first thing about transformation is you've got to realize your need. You have to realize my need. I have a need. And when you start to understand your need, your need is for Jesus, that's where transformation begins. Because a lot of us, we're going through life and we're looking at these dead things in our life and we're realizing that, hey, 
There's areas of our life that are dead. There's things that we need transformation in. But as I'm going through this and as I'm looking through these areas and I need transformation, I'm looking to make those things to make me happy. And I've got to come to the point where I understand that those things aren't going to make me happy. I've got to find my deeper need is for Christ. I love what he does here. He says in verse 13, Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, and he went off to a distant country, and he squandered all of his wealth, uh, all his wealth and wild living. Verse 14, After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. There it is. I want to encourage you. Look at your life and see what is it that is missing in your life and take that need before the Father. Listen, you know what got this kid's attention? It was no money. He's broke. He has no friends. He's lonely. Likely depressed. Sounds very familiar to the world we live in, doesn't it? One of the things that get my attention, one of the things that get your attention, take away the money supply and I start to think a little bit more, don't you? Don't you tend to pray a little bit more when money's lean? When money's going really well, it's easy not to pray, right? How about whenever you're a little bit lonely and you start to feel that emptiness? And you start to look at that, those empty things inside. And this is where this, this kid was going, man. He began to be in need. And so the very first step of transformation is to realize your need. And then the next verse says, when he came to his senses. Like, like when he finally woke up, when he, when he finally had that moment that was like, duh, my dad's got servants that live better than this. My dad, I could go to work for my dad and I wouldn't have to eat the pig's food. I'd at least, he'd give me a peanut butter sandwich. Man, this is, I'm, I gotta go back to dad. Listen, at least where dad was, where there was good things and man, I can go back there. And so this kid begins to see his need. And I want, to, you, I want to encourage you to think about this today. What is your need in life? Where, where is that restlessness in life? You know, sometimes when you get a little bit restless in life, could it be that God's showing you your need? You, you know, when, when, when you have these moments where, like, man, I just, I, I'm feeling so lonely. I'm feeling so hurt. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like uh, just life is overwhelming to me. You begin to realize that, man, there's some restlessness and you're looking for some areas of change. But could it be that God is actually knocking at your heart's door? Like God wants to bring that John 10.10 life. I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. He's trying to bring that to your life. Could it be that he's knocking at your heart's door? Revelation 3.20 says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. And you know, I've used that verse quite often whenever you're trying to tell somebody about how to start a relationship with Jesus. God is knocking at your heart's door. And I truly believe that. As you go back and read in Revelation 3.20, in the deeper context, he says, listen, Jesus was standing outside the church. The church had figured out how to do everything on their own. They, had to, they figured out how to have church without Jesus. They, ha- they figured out how to sing, how to go through the rituals, how to do everything and do it well. But Jesus said, I'm not standing on the outside, I'm knocking. And as I look at our life today, I say, man, how much of our life you know how to do it really well? And you're probably pretty good at doing some things in life. 
But how much of it leads to emptiness? How much of it you're struggling with some loneliness and some, some wrestling in your deepness of your soul? And you say, man, I just need a transformation. And Revelation 3.20 says, Jesus says, I'm standing there and I'm knocking. And you said, but you don't understand. These things are messing up my life. This thing's screwing up my life. Could it be that God is bringing storms into your life to help get your attention to see your need? A friend of mine lives out in Kansas, and they posted a tornado, the tornado that you saw on the news. They posted this tornado, and they were standing on their porch, and they were watching the tornado. Their kids were going to be at that YMCA the next day for some sports. And obviously that was canceled. That YMCA got destroyed. And, and, and as, you, as you see that funnel, man, there was a reaction to everybody. Uh, some of them were like, wow, we've never been this close to anything so powerful in our life. And others were, you could hear them on the camera, get in the basement now. Let's go hide for shelter now, right? And so as you see that happening, here's what happens in our life. Many of us can look at the storms of life and we're not realizing that the storms are not just storms, but they're God. And God is saying, listen, in the midst of your life, I want to show you this, the, these things that are empty, these things that are hurting, these, the restlessness that you're dealing with. It is not the things that you're looking at. There's a God behind all this. There's a God who's knocking at your heart door. And so you look and you say, man, I'm just so unsatisfied with life. I don't like the way I'm living. I don't like what things are going. Well, let me tell you, there's good news. God said it in his word, Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Let's read that together. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Listen, God, at this point here... Here's what happened. He realized his need, and this young man makes a turn. He says, man, I'm going to go home. And as he's going home, he's thinking through all the scenario of how this might work if I do go home. How will this work? How will I be accepted? What will be the benefits of going home? And as he's making that, he has to make a diligent seek to go home. And I want to encourage you in your spiritual walk. Seek the Lord in the midst of all the turmoil. The turmoil will always be there, folks. I want you to know that. There will always be a storm. The storm will come, this will go, and there will be another storm. And there will be another storm. But in those storm moments, we get to have the assurance that our God is opening and He's knocking on the heart's door. And He wants you to be still and know that I am God. He wants you to enjoy His presence. And you know what? You can't always get that when you're out squandering when you're out living and taking care of the needs and everything's going on on your own, you've got to have this moment where you come back and say, okay, God, I'm going to come before you and I'm coming back home. Number two in the, in the story this morning, we see that the, the way of transformation is not only to realize your need, but to agree with God about my sin. Agree with God about my sin. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So whenever, whenever you see that word confess, it means to agree. It's a, it's a Greek word, homo legao, and it means to say the same thing that God says. 
So whenever you, whenever you see sin in your life, you come before God and you agree with God. God, I have blown it. I was an egomaniac. I was mean. I was nasty. Lord, I hurt people. You come before the Lord and you give God exactly what he says about it. And we confess our sin. He says, and when we do that, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, look here, verse 17. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. He comes to his senses. He says, I have sinned against you, God. Verse 18, I will set out and go back to my father and to my, uh, to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. And so here he comes. This is his moment of confession. He comes to his earthly daddy. He says, listen, I have sinned. And so this morning, I want you to think about this. The, The sin separates the relationship. You see, the father and the son had a terrible time here because there, there, was, a, there was an issue in the relationship. The, the son said, forget you, dad. I'm taking everything you gave me that was good, everything that you worked for all my life for me, and I'm going to go do my own thing with it. Forget what you say, dad. And so there's a sin, there's a sin between the father and the son. And he says, listen, I have not only sinned against my dad, I've sinned against God. I've come before God. And so I want you to think about this in that illustration of the sun this, mo- this morning. Whenever I was down at the game and I was sitting out there in the sun, I put the towel on my head. And, uh, you know, I-, I made it through. The-, the towel wasn't enough protection. I needed a little bit more. But what I didn't realize, and I don't know, I guess I knew this. I just didn't think about it, was if I turned around, I was like three rows off of PNC Park because, you know, it's a high school game. There's only 200 people in a 15,000 seat auditorium, you know, 200 people like, yeah. So I'm sitting right on the field and they said, hey, some of your friends are all the way up there because the one lady's in the wheelchair and she can't get down the steps. And so I looked back and it was all the way up and it was in the shade. And I said, oh, this is great. This is my opportunity. And I darted up there and I got out of the sun. And you know what? It was actually cold up there. They're sitting with, like, shawls on and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I just need a couple minutes to breathe. Oh, thank you. I'm not, I'm not going to fry my brain again, right? And so I get up there, and it's cool. And as I look at it, I'm reminded that there was a barrier between where I was at up in the shade and where the sun was. It, it, it's that, you know, that this massive cement that... Holds hundreds of people was darting out and we were way back under. And, and the verse that comes to my mind is Isaiah 59 2, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that you will not hear. And that's what happened when I went into the shade. Man, there was no way I was feeling the warmth of the sun anymore. There's no way I was, I didn't need a towel anymore. I didn't need anything because, man, it's a little chilly up under there now. And so you're back under the shaded area because there was a barrier that had come. And listen, folks, this is what happens in our life. Sin always creates trouble. Whether it's a, whether it's an attitude, whether it's an action, uh, sin of omission, sin of commission, all these things come into our life. And whenever we're dealing with sin issues, we've got to come back before God and say, God, I confess I have hurt people and I've hurt you, God. And when, when we do that, he says he's the one who's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. 
I love that. It says, man, your sins have hidden his face from you. That's what it is. See, the sin is the barrier. It creates the shade. You're no longer getting the effect of the sun. You're no longer going to get the, the transformation from the sun because there's a barrier in the way. Psalm 51, the psalmist David prayed this after his incredible, uh, I should say, a terrible time of sin. He said, have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is just. And so this morning, I, I want to encourage you to come and realize your need and then come before God. And listen, if, if that's all that has happened right there, that's a pretty good starting ground for transformation. And I think a lot of people stop right there. A lot of people say, well, look what, look what's happened. I've got God. I'm back home. Everything's good. But let me show you what this man did. He presented himself for service. And I want to encourage you, present yourself for service. He doesn't just run home and say, man, I'm just happy. Give me a bowl of ice cream. He says, man, I want to come home and I will be a servant. Luke 15, 12. Look at the transformation here. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share. Look at the attitude. Give me. Give me. It's all about me. And when he comes to his senses, he comes back and he says, I'm no longer, verse 19, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me. Look at the transformation from give me. We live in a world today that is a give me world, isn't it? Give me. Give me. Give me. And you'll hear it all the time. Give me. What's in it for me? And as he come back and he confessed his sin, he comes back. The father calls him back. As he comes back with the, the, the father, the father comes running to him. What happens? He says, now make me. Make me a servant. I, I want to serve. I want to do things. I, I want to be a part of the family. God, make me yours. And so this is transformation. And so where, where are you at today? Where, are you still in the give me? Because if you're at the give me stage, you haven't been transformed yet. Oh, you might be forgiven. You might have come back and you confessed your sin. You said, Lord, I'm coming home. I want this relationship with you. And God says, I want you to come and no longer be the give me. I want you to be the make me. And come before God and say, Lord, make me your servant. Make me. Here's my hands. Lord, I want to serve you. This is a process. Over in 2 Corinthians 3.18, we see this, we see that this is a process. Transformation is a process. He says, and we all, who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory, we all are being transformed into the likeness of His ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We all are being transformed. That word transformed there is a Greek word, it's metamorpho. Metamorpho is where we get the word metamorphosis. You know when you've got that little butterfly? I like it. Every now and then the preschoolers downstairs, they get these butterflies. And they watch them, you know, the little cocoon. And the kids would come in every day and look at it. Is the butterfly going to come out today? You know, I'd every now and then just take a trip down there after everybody left and 
will I get to see the butterfly? Like, I mean, did you ever see a butterfly come out of a cocoon? Anybody ever watch that? That's cool. I've never seen that. Like, the actual moment. Maybe you saw it on a video, but to actually watch it come out, and that'd be so cool. I, I remember we went up to uh, Niagara Falls, Canada, and they had that butterfly thing where the butterflies are flying all around, and they're landing all over you. I was fascinated by it. And I sat through the class. I'm one of those guys, you know? You can sit, and as long as it's a free class, of course, Rog, right? Free class that we sit through, right? So I sat through the free class, and the free class talked about the stages and, and talked about, hey, this is when it's this and when it's that. And they had all these words and the chrysalis and all that stuff, right? And then it showed when the butterfly comes out. And you see, this is what happens in our life. There is a process of transformation. He says we are being transformed. And so you've come through this process already. You've realized your bottom. You realize that you need the Lord. You realize that I've got to confess my error of who I need, that I've erred. I've walked away from God. I need him. And by the way, folks, quite often in the Christian life, we've got to keep coming back to those points. Sin is something we've got to deal with till we die. And the more that we deal with it, the more I've got to confess. The more I have to come back before God and say, okay, God, I need your transformation. I need you to do this. I've confessed. Lord, make me. And I want to encourage you. Maybe you haven't signed up to serve. You know what? God says it's not about give me. It's about make me. And I want to encourage you. Find a place to serve. Serve in the church. I mean, there's places all over the place. There's kids ministries. There's teen ministries. There's, there's parking lot ministries. There's guys that come up here on Wednesday and, and fix the place. They're, they're doing all kinds of stuff. We've got music places. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of places to serve just here at the church. And then there's out in your community, like, God, how can you use me in my local school district? Many of you are parents here in the local school districts. How can God use you in the local school district? Like, ask God, Lord, I want to go in and I want to make a difference. Lord, make me. Make me your servant as I take my kids to school today. Make me your servant as we walk through the doors and, and help me to help my kids to see this. You see, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says it like this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Offer your bodies. Listen. I can't serve without my body. Amen? It's a beautiful one, too. But when you call me to serve, you're getting the full deal. Thank you, Lord, right? Aren't you glad I don't leave this thing at home? Well, some days I wish I could. But listen, your body goes with you. And he says, present yourself to serve. And then, lastly today, and I'll just wrap up with this thought. We'll come back to this. Let the praise begin. Let the praise begin. All right, God makes a transformation. When he does, there's that party that goes on. I love it, man. And he says, look here, verse 22, he says, But the father said to his servant, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandal on his feet. Put the fatted calf, bring the fatted calf and kill it. Isn't that cool? He's saying, hey, we're having steak tonight, guys. We're not having hamburger. No, no, no. You want a filet mignon or you want a T-bone? You tell me. You pick it out, right? He says, we're having a party because my son who was dead is alive. My son who was lost has been found. And, and listen, bring the fatted calf. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate. And the part that I think is missing in so many believers' life is this, is that we forget to party for Jesus. 
Did I say that correctly? We forget to celebrate that he is alive. We forget to celebrate that we are new in him. And look here what he says in Psalm 68, 4 to do. He says, sing to God, sing praise to his name. Oh, folks, this is what God's called us to do. See the transformation. He went, see, when you're thinking about yourself and what you don't have and what's not going right, you can't sing. And when the transformation happens, all of a sudden you're singing. That's why when we come together, do you know there's a reason that we sing songs? It's not just so I can let you out late. The reason that we sing songs is so that you can be focused on Him and you can celebrate, sing to God, sing praise to His name, lift up a song. He's the one who rides through the deserts. Think about the desert of your life and God is there. I want to encourage you, get into the proximity of the sun. The S-O-N of God. And let him warm up your life. Let him make the transformation. We're going to talk more in the weeks to come about how this transformation happens. Because it's not something you can manufacture. But you've got to get in the sun. Let's close in prayer. And I'm going to just pray this morning. I'm going to ask you to, to just be ready to celebrate in just a moment. We're going to sing a song and celebrate to God. But before we do that, maybe you need to have a moment of confession before the Lord. Maybe you need to start that relationship. Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sins. He came back to life again for you. He said, I did all this so that you could have eternal life and so that you could have life in my, enjoy my life now. Maybe there's been something that's been missing. Maybe you have an attitude. Maybe you have an action. Uh, uh, something that you've done. Something that you should have done. All these things are tripping up and creating a barrier. I want to encourage you right now. If that's you as a follower of Christ, would you deal with God on that? Say, Lord, I've got to confess to you. Lord, move this barrier and make me your hired servant. Make me your servant. Lord, do with me what you will. Help me to learn to rejoice. And for others in here, you've, maybe you've not opened your heart to Jesus. Like this, this whole passage is about the love of the Father for the Son. I want to remind you of the love of God the Father for you. He says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved from the punishment of their sin. And I want to invite you this morning to invite Jesus into your life, into your heart and soul. And just, just pray something like this. Dear God, I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. You died. You paid for my sin. You rose again. And I invite you into my life right here, right now. God, be with each person in this place. I pray that you'll transform us, Lord, from the inside out. In your name we pray. Would you stand with us, please, as we close today?
imagination tonight. The stars shine bright and spell my name. The winter cold chill blows away and bonfire fire warms my heart under the night sky. I'm drifting off in the deep of the valley. Your presence surrounds me. The crickets sing and trees ring, and I wanna let you know that the river water runs steady flow, and it flows free and in control. Your hand leaves its evidence all on this earth. As I lay here and ponder on all creation, you made it all. I'm just dreaming in this empty room, but my thoughts are gone 'cause I'm in awe of your glory. I'm in Is that we can't fully comprehend 